We begin a new sermon series today titled, In the Beginning. We will be looking uh, these next several weeks at uh, passages of scripture that have to do with the beginning, uh, the beginning of the book and the beginning of all things as we understand it because the book tells us so. Uh, the hope is that we can, uh, through this sermon series, uh, come into an acknowledgement of uh, the beauty and brokenness uh, that is around us and the beauty and the brokenness that is within us and what God seeks to do with it all. Our first scripture reading in this series comes from Genesis 1, verses 1 through 25. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome, and it was so. God called the dome sky, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters, and every living creature that moves of every kind with which the waters swarm, and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, 
the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, we pray this morning that we can encounter your word in a way that is transformational. Not just in our minds, but perhaps in our practices as well. We ask that your preacher be nothing more than just a vessel, an instrument of your grace. Amen. Some fun facts this morning to kind of get your mind working. Did you know that you can fit, or you can't, but somebody could, one million earths into the sun? The sun is large enough to hold one million earths. The sun is a really big star. And speaking of stars, did you know that there are approximately 400 billion, that's billion with a B, 400 billion stars in our galaxy, the Milky Way? And did you know that we now have these really fancy telescopes that can see beyond the Milky Way galaxy? In fact, these telescopes can see as many as 100 billion other galaxies outside of our own. 100 billion other galaxies. And those are only the ones that we can see. How's your brain doing? In every confirmation class that I've ever been a part of, there are these questions. And they are certainly the, the most frequent questions that get asked over and over. And they always pertain to creation, its vastness, its mystery. Questions like, if God created the world in seven days, then why does my science teacher tell us that the earth took billions of years to develop so that it could have sustainable life? Questions like, well, why doesn't the Bible mention dinosaurs? I mean, we do have dinosaur bones, right, Pastor? One this year was, uh, were cavemen real? Or did somebody just make that stuff up? You have to remember, these are 12 and 13-year-old kids here. The one question that you hope and pray they do not ask each confirmation class is, where did Adam and Eve's sons find their wives? 
smart kids, critical thinkers. We should promote critical thinking among our youth. We should promote critical thinking in the church in general, not just with our young people, but with those of us who are more seasoned. The more seasoned we become, or the more mature we become in our faith, we should start having more questions than answers. Now, from a, a Christian perspective, there are many ways that we can address the differences between our account of creation and the scientific evidence. We can try to at least come up with some sort of answer. After all, it's not as if God had someone there taking notes when God started the process of instituting life as we know it. The Genesis 1 account of creation is clearly poetic. It's poetic, and its authors did not intend to provide a play-by-play account of the specifics, but more accurately, we have the accounts of creation in Genesis to testify us not how it happened, but just that it happened. And God is the one who was responsible for it all. No matter the details of how God pulled it off, we hold fast to the Genesis text with the faith that somehow, some way, with each, and God said, something remarkable happened. With each, and God said, something remarkable happened that we will never fully comprehend. And it is all made possible by a God who loves making new and good and beautiful things. And in fact, the argument can be and should be made that the fact that we don't understand how it happened makes it all the more good and beautiful. But we like answers too much. We like answers too much or, or what we think are the answers. But one of the number one things that uh, those of us who teach in the church aim to do is, is not to provide you all with all the answers, as if we had all the answers. But instead, the goal of us who teach in the church is oftentimes to teach you how to ask good questions, because good questions are, are, are valuable for the mind and for the spirit. Good questions cultivate imagination. And good imagination cultivates good faith. Now, here's where the, the really little children have a great advantage over the rest of us. About the time that we reached the age that we would enter a confirmation class, 12 or 13, we start to lose our ability to imagine things in a really vivid way. But before that age, though, before that age, our minds were able to take the smallest of things, the most, the most ordinary of things, and we can make them into something awesome, Right? Ordinary small things become just these magnificent, awesome things when we were children. And the ability to be able to imagine in such a way, it's, it's a tremendous gift. When I was a little boy, the sidewalk outside of my mama and papa Largen's house 
was the greatest baseball stadium ever known to man. Wrigley Field, Fenway Park, they all pale in comparison to the sidewalk outside of Mama and Papa Largent's house. All I had to do was throw that baseball or tennis ball off the steps of the sidewalk, and depending on how it hit those steps would determine how fast it came back toward me and in which direction. I was the starting pitcher, the starting shortstop, the starting center fielder. I was the leadoff hitter, the cleanup hitter, the manager, the scorekeeper, the umpire, the PA announcer, and the radio play-by-play commentator. And you better believe that when I made a good play, which of course was on every play, in one way or the other, right, the crowd would go wild. And I could hear them cheer. (sighs) I could see them celebrate. I could feel the anxiety. I could feel the excitement of the moment with my imagination. There I was, fully alive. But when Papa Largen come up from his building where he had been working, all he would see is a wild kid throwing a baseball off of some steps and diving and falling around. He must have thought that Jabe really needs some friends. But it was real though. It was real. Imagination is, is a powerful thing. And we need to have some imagination in here or else our being here is folly. With no imagination, it just becomes Welch's grape juice and King's Hawaiian bread. With imagination the body and blood of Christ. With no imagination, we we stand and we sing because we think that God really wants a concert. But with imagination, when we sing, we join the chorus of saints and angels in a worship that transcends time and space. And if we listen carefully, we may just be able to hear them. How did it go? Good questions cultivate good imagination. And good imagination cultivates good faith. But take things a step further. Good faith requires the embrace of mystery. And what is mystery? not having an answer. The embrace of mystery combined with a good measure of faith and a hearty imagination grouped with the right questions, well, that leads to awe and wonder. And awe and wonder places us before God in a way that is pleasing to God, in a way that is worthy. God is worthy of our awe 
in our wonder. We may not know how God pulled it off. We might not know how at least hundreds of billions of galaxies came to be. But what Scripture tries to promote is the idea that even in our lack of knowledge and understanding, God is worthy of our awe and wonder. And after each and every, and God said, God does something remarkable, unexplainable, incomprehensible. We don't need to know how or when or how fast it happened. We just need to know that it happened, and God is the one who made it happen. And because God said, and it was, I believe that we need to develop practices that promote awe and wonder. Practices that promote awe and wonder and good questions, imagination, and mystery. When you look up at the sun, or the stars, or the moon, say, wow. How do they stay up there and, and we stay down here? What else is out there? Does it ever end? When you see that bright, vibrant cardinal outside of the window, say, wow, how did you get to be so red? When you see that, that hummingbird fluttering and buzzing around the feeder, say, wow. How exactly do you fly, little guy? Go and walk barefoot in the grass, the dirt, in the pine straw if you must. And as you feel the earth underneath your bare feet, say, wow. How many layers of this stuff is underneath me? How far does it go? What else lives under there? When you feel the water flowing out of the spigot or the shower head, say, wow. Whoever invented this water stuff sure knew what they were doing. When you take that first sip of coffee on one of these mild autumn mornings and it tastes so good, say, wow, how do you come from a bean? When you bite into that baked pumpkin treat that has been made possible by the soil of the earth, say, wow. How did this tasty thing come from the same dirt that my bare feet were walking on earlier? When you, you feel that misty air ever so gently kiss your skin, say, wow. 
can this even be real? When your nostrils tingle with the, the smells of the spirit of fall, say, wow. How did I not notice these smells before? When the mums start to bloom and, and their colors pop, say, wow. I wonder why they bloom when they do. When you gaze upon a, a mighty oak tree, a mighty oak tree that has been providing food and shelter for squirrels for a hundred years and counting, say, wow. And then ask the tree, I wonder if a squirrel forgot that she hid her acorn here and that's how you became to be. When you look into the eyes of another human being and you see them and they say you see you, say wow. How could God ever make something so amazing as a you? There are so many things to stand in awe and wonder of. There are more things to be in awe and wonder of than we can see or imagine. And I don't know how God did it all, but I sure am glad that God did it. And God said, and it was. And we say, wow. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks once more for the gift of it all. Incomprehensible unexplainable, unfathomable, but oh so real. In the name of the one through whom all things come into being, the church says, Amen.